Welcome to Surviving the Modern World, Episode 6. My name is Jason, and I'm going to guide you through this little uh, adventure here called Seeds. Um, before I get started off, I'm just going to kind of tell everybody thanks again for your support. And another really cool thing is, is I kind of reached out to a few different companies that wouldn't mind help promoting themselves as, as well as ourselves. And uh, one of the greatest ones that I found, and they were really willing to get right on board, and it's survival boxes. And survival boxes, they're going to send us out some boxes. We can do some reviews for you guys, let you see what's inside of them. Uh, every single review that I've read on them before I even contacted them was 100% usable. Nothing is junk in these boxes. It, it was just pretty good reviews. And so I definitely approached them and they came back with an answer and they said that they'd be willing to send us some boxes for reviewing. So I'm pretty excited about that. Now, in the last episode five, if you didn't listen to it, go back and listen to it. It wouldn't really matter in the order of my craziness that I've been doing these in, but in number five, I talked about food storage and having your food storage, you know, enough to sustain you through some pretty bad times. Well, this episode kind of follows along with that. So here's a scenario, all right? And every time it could be a different scenario. I'm going to try and start heading off some of my podcast with a scenario that leads into the topic. So, all right, scenario for this one is shit has hit the fan, uh, nuclear plant blown up, whatever, okay? Power grid's down, everybody's down. This is becoming a long-term situation. Your power hasn't worked in, let's say, two months. So, at this point, you're kind of like, all right, we're already into the food storage buckets, we're trying to ration things out, and we're not really seeing, you know, a happy end to this thing. It's, it's kind of government's dragging their feet because they're pieces of shit, and you don't really know when things are going to really get back on their feet. So, and let's even worst case scenario this. This is winter time, okay? And I, and I really like doing that because, like I say at the range, if you can get a weapon to fail, awesome. But in real life, uh, if, if crap's going to be torn up in, the, in our, you know, the world that we're used to, chances are prep for winter because that's going to give you the best scenario. If it happens during the summer, phenomenal. So back to my scenario. So power hasn't worked, dead of winter. You're struggling to keep your house and your family from freezing. And your food buckets are starting to dwindle down. And you're just looking at that going, somebody's got to come and help us. We just didn't really have enough food storage. And so at this point, you're kind of, you know, you're struggling. And you don't really have any light at the end of the tunnel so far. No government's coming in to help. FEMA's nowhere to be seen, you know. And so, you know, you're, you're going, all right. This is just getting ugly quick. So... But you do have your bucket of seeds, alright? And so that's not going to really do you a whole lot of good because you don't just put those in the ground and two or three days later eat. And so now you're sitting here looking at your seeds, you're looking outside, it's snowing, you have hardly anything left to eat, hardly anything left to burn. 
and you just know that this is getting really ugly really quick. Alright, so I'll just kind of end that scenario right there. That is pretty much, in my eyes, worst case scenario that could happen. So, the things that we could do to solve this problem is one, go back to episode 5, make sure that we have plenty of food storage, alright? If you have enough food storage to get you through at least a 6 to 8 month window, I wouldn't settle for anything less. I mean, that is like bare minimum. And the reason is, if any of you guys have ever grown a garden, it, it doesn't happen in a week. It doesn't happen in three weeks. Okay, growing a garden is something that takes a couple of months before you're even getting your first tomato, before you're even getting that first head of lettuce, all right? And so some of the things that you really need to, to do is stock up the food storage, but let's say your food storage, you know, let's say you got a good nine months, ten months, and you're going off of that, and you don't have your seeds, okay? Now, that's another scenario that would be pretty ugly, because at the end of the food storage, you're at the end. That's when you're going to start eating local vegetation or whatever you can find. Hopefully, you have a fruit tree in your yard or something, but so a, a seed store, like a seed vault or a seed storage is phenomenal okay that is something that everybody should have and I've, I've actually gone through and purchased quite a few of these so this is gonna be one of those really awesome um, I've done it I've spent the money I've invested the time and I can tell you what's gonna work and what's not gonna work and uh, so one of the first big mistakes that I made was I went to Walmart and when I was walking through their little dehydrated food section I ran across their uh, vegetable garden seed bucket. It's a one pound can, okay? And it said 13 favorite varieties. And they're $23.27. So I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. It's in a metal can, it's sealed. And you know, you start looking at it and it's got about a 20 year shelf life, it says. And so, you know, it says produces over 2,100 pounds of, of uh, you know, vegetables and things. And I thought, wow, that's. That's pretty phenomenal. So I went ahead and bought a couple of them and uh, just threw them on the shelf. I didn't really, you know, I didn't want to open them up and I didn't want to really mess with them because of the ceiling. And so just one day it kind of hit me. I was, I was thinking about vegetables, fruits, and uh, the sustainability of them. Like what is actually going to give you nutrients and all the things that you need, vitamins, even calories and proteins, anything that you need. So I kind of double checked myself and I thought, well, I better check and see what's even in that 13 variety. And uh, I'm actually going to read it off to you because I went into Walmart today and took a picture of it. So you've got green beans, pretty good. I mean, that's a good source of protein and pretty, you know, pretty good filling and you'll grow quite a few. Carrots, not bad. Corn, that's not too bad either. Cucumbers, just about hardly any nutritional value, but, and I hate them, but some people like them. Cantaloupes, I'm allergic to them, so I couldn't tell you. Onions, onions are really good. They add flavor and they do a lot of things like that, but they don't have a lot of nutritional value, okay? So peas, we're right back to a bean type. Bell peppers, really high in vitamin C, pretty decent, you know, they add flavor, um, add a lot of texture and stuff to your food, pretty decent, and color. Lettuce romaine, okay? You can eat that stuff by the truckload. If that's all you're eating, you'll starve to death. You know, that's a negative calorie. 
but it's a filler, so we'll leave it alone. Spinach, really good, okay? Way high in iron, way dark green leafy, so, you know, it's obviously got some type of proteins. Um, squash, okay, squash is great. I mean, those things will last forever. You know, once you pick that gourd and, and you let that stuff just sit, it, it'll sit for months and months before it even starts to go bad. So those are phenomenal. Tomatoes, of course, everybody's favorite, and zucchini. So whenever I looked through these, I thought, you know what? I mean, it's it's like your basics, but it's nothing really like sustainable. I mean, everything in there, picture yourself eating a diet of just that, okay? So if that was your survival seed, cash, vault, whatever, and you threw it on the shelf, and that's what you're gonna eat from, I hate to tell you this, but you're probably going to be malnutritioned. You're probably not going to produce enough food to feed yourself, let alone the rest of your family that's in there with you. So that's definitely one thing that I kind of re-looked at, you know, re-evaluated. And I said, God, you know, I'm sitting here looking at this thing for $23 and it doesn't really contain a whole lot of stuff. And so I was like, well, all right, these would, these would make a great starter gift for somebody that's just getting into prepping, possibly, you know. And so then the other, uh, you know, I'm an eBay warrior. I'm always on eBay looking at crap. So I went on there and I just typed in survival seeds. And before you start doing a search, and if you don't know anything about seeds, let me explain there's two types. One type you definitely don't want to touch you want to stay completely away and that is your GMO uh, they call them hybrid they put these nice fancy wording on the packaging uh, you know like super producer whatever so you don't want to have a GMO seed okay GMO stands for genetically modified organism and to be honest with you they had a really good theory and a really good idea and the science and everything was like Hey, it's available. We can do this. We can manipulate these plants to do different traits. But I don't think that they actually, you know, got the FDA testing through it. I mean, I've watched several YouTube videos where it shows, you know, super negative stuff about it. We're the only country in the world that's eating it. Um, just, you know, not really a lot of good positive stuff on that. And you know how our government works. It's all... It's all about kickbacks and it's all about who's lining somebody's pocket. You know, they'll, they'll do whatever. They're scumbags. So FDA, hey, if they say anything's good, do your own research anyway. Don't even, don't even go off of FDA. These guys are a bunch of asses. But so one of the, one of the seed places that I ended up finding, and uh, I'm going to probably butcher the crap out of this, but I'm going to definitely spell it and I'll put their names in the, in the show notes as well. But it's a... Uh, Mazibu Farms, okay, and those guys, several really cool things about them, because they're the other type of seed that I was talking about, okay, they're not the GMO, they're not that crap, these guys are what's called heirloom, okay, and an heirloom seed, what it does is it stays true to itself, and it'll reproduce, okay, now your GMO seeds most of the times, they're a really good producer. I mean, they produce a killer garden that year. But if you were to take the seeds from that, you won't have anything for the next year. Uh, whenever you grow your garden, you're going to be 
lacking. I mean, you might get a few plants that'll that'll grow and, and actually give you some vegetables or fruit, but the the chances of getting, you know, a sustainable garden out of a heirloom seed is like 100%. You try and get a, a sustainable garden out of a second generation GMO seed, you're probably not going to have anything. And that's a real bummer because if you haven't, you know, been explained this stuff, because, you know, the, the store doesn't put that on the package. They don't say, this is a great one-time producer. Don't try and regrow the seeds from your vegetables because they won't give you crap. It's nowhere on the packaging. All right, guys. So that's some stuff that you're going to just have to learn through your own research. So if you're listening to this show, here's some research for you that's already done. But the uh, Mazibu Farms, or Mazibo, however you say it, it's uh, spelled M-O-Z-Y-B-E-A-U-Farms. And these guys, they have several things that I really love about them. One, they're family-ran business in America, okay? These aren't like seeds that you're going to be getting out of China or some other bullcrap, okay? And second, the guy that, that I've been emailing uh, through this company, he's a former Marine. Hoorah, brother. And, you know, they, they package their buckets really good. You get a, I, I prefer the bucket. They do have it in the Mylar as well. And the ones that I've purchased, I've purchased five of these already. And right now they're on sale. My first two buckets weren't on sale. But they are um, 101 seed variety, okay? So to go back, you're looking at like 101 seed varieties. And this bucket's pretty stout. It's packed. And you're looking at about $50, okay? We'll just say 50 because I know they have a sale going right now that's been kind of extended. And I think it's around like 45 46 but we'll just say $50 roundabout, but you get 101 varieties, all right? Now, the one from Walmart, you're at half the price and you're getting 13 variety. And the variety that you're getting is is actually, you know, just your basic, what people grow to, to kind of supplement their, uh, their run into Walmart type thing. But, you know, with the Mazibu seeds, these guys are phenomenal. You know, you've got everything from kale, to several types of melons, several types of peppers. I mean, it, it's true, it's 101 varieties. In fact, one of my buckets came in and I opened it up and I started digging through it, just looking at it, you know, and it and inside the bucket, the one I bought was a yellow bucket. They have, you know, a green bucket and they have several different, you know, things that they offer. And these guys are phenomenal, okay? They included a herb garden pack, which is like 15 varieties of um, your herbs, you know, like your cilantros, your basils, your thyme, your, you know, all these types of, of herbs that you would want to grow to keep those rabbits, chickens, deer, whatever it is that you're raising, killing, hunting, you know, to add some flavor to it. Nobody wants to just eat raw meat, you know, and uh, or unseasoned meat. Well, so these guys are pretty phenomenal. Okay, so inside of your little, it's like a one gallon bucket, it, all your little seeds come in their own packages, and then they're inside of a Mylar bag. And so, I mean, it's all airtight, it's sealed up really good, no moisture is going to get in there, your bucket's sealed, and then whenever you're, you know, you get to the point where you need to use your seeds, you got a bucket. I mean, how cool is that, right? You can use it to help scoop up dirt, all water, do whatever you need to, because that's the one thing that gets overlooked a lot is buckets, nails, you know, things like this, materials that we take for granted because we can just run and get it when we need it. 
well, if shit goes down, you don't have it, you know? So anyway, really good thing. I, I really like that. And I told them that I would give them a total plug. Uh, they're really awesome people. And if you write them an email through um, eBay, okay? And, and they also have that website and a Facebook page. So if you just type in that same Mozzie Boo Farms on Facebook, you'll find them and friend them, request them, whatever. And uh, they'll, they'll really, uh, they'll answer your questions. They'll hook you up. I asked the guy, I said, look, this is what I'm wanting. I know you have several different types of buckets, but I want one for like a shit hits the fan, you know, basic needs thing, you know, that's going to supply me with, um, you know, high calorie, high protein type vegetables and stuff. What would you recommend? You know your product better than I do. And so that's what he actually recommended me was the 101 variety little yellow bucket. And once I, you know, I, I got it, I was like, wow, this is some quality seeds. Totally bought more. And in fact, I, I got one for my parents and I had them put it in their deep freeze. So that's another thing. By freezing your seeds, you're, you're actually helping to kind of like put that seed into like the winter mode. Because most seeds, you know, they, they fall off and they, they get frozen throughout the winter time in nature. And then come spring and everything, then that, that warmth activates the germ and stuff. And it, and it starts to germinate and becomes a, a little plant. And But there is a few things that you need to kind of look into before you start freezing your seeds. Because there are certain types of seeds that by freezing them, you might actually do more harm than good. So that's the one thing that, you know, you really need to do your homework on your seeds. Because with this bucket, the one that I opened, I kind of went through and I customized it to myself. I mean, I bought other things, you know, there wasn't strawberry seeds, so I bought some and put them in it. And you can, you can add to it, but I'll tell you what, for the price, you're getting a really phenomenal package. So, so that was a really good one. And then there was also another one that I got from another eBayer, and I'm pulling it up right now. And same thing these guys had a really decent deal okay they had a 41 emergency survival seed heirloom non-gmo non-hybrid and they're a u.s seller okay and i don't know as much about these guys if they have their own little farm and all that but their uh their customer service is pretty good they'll get right back to you okay so well i got a 41 um variety okay and i ended up paying 13 dollars and uh, 275 shipping, okay? So you're out $15 and you get, you know, 41 seed varieties. Now, they're phenomenal. I mean, they give you quite a few seeds and you're thinking, all right, that sounds pretty awesome. I mean, that's a lot cheaper for 41 varieties. You know, maybe I could get a couple of these and equal the Mazibu farm bucket. And you could if you have a vacuum sealer because the only downfall from this company was that their seeds come loose you know so whenever he sent them they're in a um, you know each variety is in a little ziploc bag and they actually had a nice note inside that had um, you know like instructions a little bit and and told about the vegetable or the fruit that was inside and so it was really cool and you know well done very very well done and so anyway, I have a vacuum sealer, so it wasn't that big of a deal. So I can take all their seeds, put them in a nice heavy duty Mylar bag, and I can vacuum seal those with a desiccant inside, maybe an oxygen absorber. And then I can throw those in a bucket or I can just leave them in a Mylar bag, which is pretty tough. But 
you know that doesn't bother me but if you don't have the the means to vacuum seal um you know then maybe you want to go with the mozzie bean the mozzie uh, boo farm bucket because you know the other guy and actually let me let me give you his name too so his ebay name is into aurora so that's i-n-t-o-a-u-r-o-r-a and just to let you guys know like the the quality of these sellers okay these aren't just some you know just general seller that's got like you know 200 feedback and it's 80 percent okay these these guys are like in the thousand okay this into aurora they have 12,000 plus feedbacks all right and they're rated at a hundred percent so you know they, they've obviously done something right they did me right i contacted them told them hey i'm going to be doing a show about some seeds and um i'm going to give you guys a plug because you guys are given such a superior product out there and so you know and 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 I, and I just want you listeners to, if you're like, well, that sounds great. I do need to get some seeds. I don't have any where to go. You know, I don't want to go to Walmart because that's all, you know, that hybrid bullcrap GMO stuff. So we definitely don't want to be, you know, getting into that kind of stuff. So, and now here's another thing to really know about seeds too, is let's say you plant your garden. All right. And you're being so careful that you're like, oh, okay, you know, my garden is, nothing but heirloom seeds they're awesome okay and i'm that's all i'm gonna buy and that's all i'm gonna grow well get your neighbors on board too because you know one if your neighbor right next door or even let's say half a block down let's say those guys are running you know that crappy gmo hybrid crap and they don't know any better They've never been told the difference. All they know is, hey man, this thing produces like crazy. And then next year I buy another little bag of seeds and I just do it again. Well, the bees that are flying around and all the other flying insects, ants and stuff, whenever they carry that pollen from that piece of crap GMO plant and they come over to your nice heirloom and they start cross-pollinating, all right, that's where you're going to start losing. And, and at that point, you don't really know what you're going to be getting. Because once it cross-pollinates, I mean, that's kind of what they did to get the GMO things in the beginning. So it's going to taint your garden. You're going to possibly lose purity. And you might even sterilize your plants just depending on what pollinated with it. So that's something to really, really keep an eye on. I mean, and I've seen people where they take like a brown paper bag or even like a a little bread bag or something and once their plants start to flower they'll actually go out there with a q-tip or a, a paper towel or something and they'll and they'll wipe the pollen and they'll you know pollinate their own stuff and and that's another thing to know too because some plants don't self-pollinate they actually require another plant to pollinate and things can it's just amazing plants i mean we could get into this for weeks because you you know you could take pollen from like a peach tree and pollinate your corn you know i mean it's just insane like all these all these different pollens from different plants from all over it's just amazing that we even have you know the, the vegetables and things that we have year after year so with that you know you, you can go out there and put the little plant cover over the over their um little blossoms and stuff and if you know that they'll self-pollinate or if you know what will pollinate with what 
you know, then, you know, take your little Q-tip and go over there and do your little pollinating and stuff and call it good because then you're going to keep your seeds pure. But the easiest method would be, you know, if you know that your neighbor's got a garden going, you know, maybe go knock on the door and just say, hey man, I noticed that you're tilling up your garden spot. What, what are you going to be planting this year? If you don't mind me asking. And you know, if they're like, well, we were planting this and this, just say, Hey, uh, have you ever heard the difference between hybrid and GMO and, uh, and heirloom? And maybe they'll, they'll say, no, you know, I don't know anything about that. You know, sit them down and explain them, you know, even better yet, turn them onto this podcast. Right. <laughs> but so get people on board with not buying this GMO crap. All right. And get everybody onto the heirloom as much as possible. And then, you know, even coordinate with your neighbors. So this is like a, you know, the way I'm talking is, is like nothing bad's happened. This is just general summertime going around to your neighbors. Now, let's say that, you know, shit's already hit the fan, you know, the winter times came and that food storage is going to help you get through a, the winter. And then B, it's going to help to get you through the growing season. Okay. So if you've never done a garden, okay, there's a lot more to it than just putting a seed in the dirt and putting some water on it. You have to have certain things want different pH levels, phosphate levels, all types of things, okay? And not everybody has access to like cow manure and horse manure and all this other thing. And, you know, campfire ash is a really phenomenal additive. It ups your phosphates tremendously, okay? And that's why, like, you know, back in the day, a lot of people, after they um, got their last harvest, they would burn the fields. And they would burn them down just because then it would actually help to replenish the soil with lost nutrients. Because whenever you grow a garden, it sucks nutrients from the ground, okay? So you can almost, like, make that ground sterile itself to where, like, nothing will grow in there but dandelions or weeds. And, you know, and that's another thing. You can eat dandelions, so... Don't be, uh, don't be hating on them too bad. Their leaves are actually pretty nutritious. So, and, and if you, certain times of the year, you can go into a grocery store, you'll actually see them bundled up, just the leaves for sale. So it's kind of crazy. People would pay for that stuff where it's a nuisance here in my town. But anyway, you know, know, know your local vegetation too, because that, that might be something that if you don't have seeds, you know, you could survive on dandelion and whatever else is edible around you in a tight pinch but so anyway if if crap's gone down and you know and, and you've got all your seeds and everything you know you're gonna have to try and start those in your home okay because the the biggest jump start you can get on growing these plants the better so you know if you don't have anything so in my little kind of like storage you know prepping whatever I actually went and bought some little solo cups, okay? And they make these like little mini solo cups now, but I didn't buy those. I just bought the regular red solo cup. And they're a pretty tough little cup. And then I actually have a big bag of potting soil that's designed for tomatoes. So anyway, I have all that kind of stuff just in case it goes down, then I could start packing these little solo cups with dirt put a few seeds in them and water them up and get them to start sprouting because they don't require any any daylight or anything to sprout 
but once you get to a certain point, you're going to have to. So that's where you have to kind of time, you know, when do I start my seeds? And a lot of times your packaging will tell you. And there's just countless amounts of books out there. If you go to, my, one of my favorite book sources is thriftbooks.com. Phenomenal website, okay? You can pick up books for $3 that would cost you at Barnes & Noble's $30, $40, okay? They are really, really a good, cheap company to get books from. And a lot of times if you order $10, I mean $10, that's nothing. That's like one book. You'll get free shipping. So definitely check those guys out. Now, um, so there's a bunch of seed books that kind of go over gardening, that go over when to plant, how to plant, okay? Because there's seeds that if you put those underneath the dirt too deep, they won't grow. And if you don't put them underneath the ground, they won't grow. And there are some that have to be left on top of the dirt to start growing. So, I mean, it's it's one of those things that if you haven't gardened, all right, get on it. Because, you know, gardening, <laughs> I mean, it's tough. It's, it's not one of those things that's just throw seeds and go. And it really isn't. So, in fact, if you, if you try to do a garden in your yard and you fail at it, don't give up and don't get frustrated. Find that neighbor that's got a phenomenal garden, the one that's always bringing you cucumbers and zucchinis and leaving them on your porch and running because they've got so many of them. Go hit that guy up and find out what his secrets are, you know? How do you do this? How, how do you prep your soil? And when did you start your plants? Because all this kind of stuff is like lost, all right? Our forefathers and foreparents and stuff, they they knew this kind of stuff, you know? They would see the seasons coming and, oh, this is time to gather this and this is time to, to start these, you know? And we've lost that, guys. We don't know that crap. And you can really, I mean, you could Google it, but if shit goes down, you're not gonna Google jack shit. You're gonna be starving. So owning a book, an actual physical book that you can reference to is worth its weight in gold in these type of things okay and so I mean I've actually I've ordered several books and there's not really a right and wrong book because I've actually read several like three books on just gardening techniques and tips and most of them are pretty pretty much the same you know they have their seasons they have all that stuff that of course is the info that we don't have and but also climate has a big you know elevations and uh you know, all that kind of stuff plays a big part into all this stuff. So, you know, you're not going to be growing orange trees and stuff in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado and Utah. You're just not. You know, and, and potatoes, they grow that stuff in Idaho quite a bit. But, you know, and, and growing potatoes is pretty easy. Doesn't really require a whole lot of land. You know, you can stack things. And, you know, if, if you can get, like, certain containers, certain... I've seen pots that are, like, a huge pot. And then they have like little windows all around them and you know and you can put them all in that and then you can just water it one time in the big in, in the big hole in the top and I mean you got one pot that's gonna be growing I don't know maybe 15 varieties of different things so that's pretty awesome there's a lot of cool stuff out there you know and different varieties of different things that are like a wanted commodity okay uh i i ended up actually buying tobacco seeds and i thought hey what better shit hit the fan type of thing to grow than tobacco all right you got all these people that are addicted to smoking that are addicted to chewing 
And how are they going to get that fixed if trucks aren't running, this isn't running? And I thought, you know what? If you could grow tobacco and use that as a good barter item, all right? So I ended up going online. And whenever I ordered my seeds, same thing. I mean, I got them out of Greece. I've got them out of Germany. I've got them out of several different places. And, you know, it's funny because whenever I first started just even looking into it, I thought, hey, tobacco's tobacco. There's like one type. There are like thousands of types, all right? And so I ended up getting a few different varieties just to kind of try my hand at them. And some of them grow super fast. Some grow really slow. Some of them grow humongous leaves and some of them don't. And that was a really big learning thing. I mean, once they get to a certain size, those things just, they'll suck down a gallon of water in two days. No problems. And they're also a super uh, nutrient robber too. I mean, once they're done growing in soil, it's junk. And, you know, so that was just one thing that I experimented with a little bit and I'm still doing right now. I've got some grow tents, some LED lighting. I've got your, you know, uh, high pressure sodium, your metal halide lighting. And, you know, just kind of experimenting because what I'm gonna do after this this uh, string of tobacco is done growing, I'm already drying some of it. And it's, I mean, it's a lot more work than you would think. Seems like every other day I'm pulling plants out and, and doctoring something up and mending something and, you know, trying to water this and that. And they're, they're a huge pain in the butt. But my point is, you should experiment with different things if you've never done it. And go out, get yourself some seed kits. I mean, we're, we're looking at, you know, the I'd get the Mazibu seed bucket to put in my deep freeze or your freezer, or even like, you know, if you have a basement, put it in there, put it somewhere nice and cool. It's gonna help its, you know, germination and everything stay a high percent. But I would also go ahead and, you know, probably buy the cheaper, you know, 41 variety and, you know, experiment with it. You know, I mean, those guys, they, they make a really good seed dill, but it's not really, it's not set up. I mean, the Into Aurora company, it's it's really a good, you know, product, good deal, fast shipping, everything. But the only problem is, is that it's not set up automatically for long-term storage. It's pretty much set up for you to use now, which there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, when you go to Walmart and buy your seeds, they're ready for you to use now. They're not set up in a Mylar bag, you know. But get yourself some garden seeds and experiment around now while things are you know, you're not depending on it. Your life's not depending on, okay, guys, if we end up somehow killing all the corn and killing all the kale and maybe, you know, all of our potatoes molded and went weird because we were watering too much, you know, experiment now while you can. And if you don't have a lot of room, like me, I don't really have a yard. I mean, my yard is so tiny that I, I really don't have enough room to grow more than one or two tomato plants. And so that's why I bought some grow tents. And you can buy several different types of grow tents. I don't even know what brand mine are. They're just some cheap grow tent, you know, around the 50 for the small and about 70 for the large. But, you know, they're, I mean, they're a phenomenal little deal. They actually reflect the light and you can put shelving in them and you can, you can start whatever plants you wanted. I mean, I could, I could probably get tomato plants and uh, different other types of pepper plants and stuff. I could probably get them about three feet tall through the winter and then 
take them out and transplant them in the summertime, you know, and, and already, you know, I'd probably already be picking peppers off of it indoors while everybody else is still buying all their stuff. So that's kind of a really cool thing to do. And I know that if, you know, shit goes down, I'm not going to have power. I'm not going to be able to run that ballast and, and all the other lighting that's in there. But for now, that's one thing that's pretty cool. You know, I can, I can grow throughout the winter time. And with the technology of the LED lighting, at, you know, that's one of the experiments I did with that too, is I, I, you know, I got the, the high pressure sodium and the metal halide. I got those and they take a different ballast. They take everything. When I saw these, you know, these, uh, LED and they're putting out a red and a blue spectrum. Okay. And your blue spectrum, what that really, and that'll be your, um, your metal halide or a blue spectrum. And what those end up doing is they end up promoting like growth, like, you know, make your plant grow tall, make it grow as if it's in the early spring type season. That's the type of, um, I guess, rays, the uh, spectrum that comes off of the sun around that time. Well, as the season starts to come to the end, it goes more into a red spectrum. And the red spectrum kind of promotes, you know, the, the leaves to fatten up uh, on certain plants, like tobacco, it will fatten up. But it also promotes seeding. So you'll start getting blossoming and blooming of, of your, you know, vegetables and fruits and stuff so that they can start becoming fruits and vegetables towards the end of their lifespan. So it, it, it kind of mixes it with the LED lighting, which was really cool. So I have... You know, it looks like a big purple glow inside this little tent, and it's pretty neat. I mean, it gives them both spectrums. It's giving them the grow and the seeding and the flowering, and uh, they and they seem to like it. They do pretty good in there. So, highly recommend the LED, but don't go cheap on the LED. Okay, I the one I bought, I bought a few of them that were like about eight dollars at first, and they just do not put out enough light. Uh, the watts just aren't there. So then I ended up getting one that was like 250 watt. And it was around 45 bucks. Phenomenal. It it grows everything. They love it. So that's one really good thing to, to look into. Some LED lighting. They run on hardly any power. And um, so just to recap a little bit here. Uh, kind of run towards the end of this. The seed one, I knew it wasn't going to be a very long podcast. But at the same time, it's one of the most important where a lot of people really overlook this, you know. And so as a recap, we're going to go on Mazibu and we're going to go on, you know, and look at all the different products that they offer. You know, they make a really phenomenal product. And then we're also going to go on to Into Aurora, okay? Those guys are both phenomenal. And get you some seeds, get one to store, get some to play around with, and you know, really just do it. I mean, play around with it. And then also I'd like you guys to check out survival boxes. And, you know, they're actually a lot cheaper than like Battle Box, Apaka Box. And that's another really cool thing that I like about survival boxes as well is one, they include food, water, tools and gear, okay, and seeds. That is the first box that I've actually seen that they include heirloom seeds and again like the mazibu you know they're veteran owned you know so these guys i mean 
think about this for just a minute, guys. Almost everybody that's into prepping, that's into survival, that's into any shit hitting the fan type of scenario or type of industry, okay? I would I would be willing to bet that it's in the high 90% that these people have been in the military and have been employed by our scumbag government at one point in their life and that they can see you know exactly how bad things can get they can see how not prepared our government is how unorganized you know many times while I was in the Marines did I sit back and think holy cow I mean whenever you know before I joined you just had this this picture of everything was just so structured and so grand and don't get me wrong I mean the discipline and everything in, in the Marines is extremely high and it's really phenomenal that way but and the leadership's really good but as far as like having a game plan our military's lacking hardcore you know and you can see that in any branch you can see that in any division you know you can look at you know law enforcement you can look at anything that's that's got to do with government has just needs to be revamped reorganized and it's just not and so I think that that's one of the big things that whenever you know people like myself you know we've lived it we've been in it and then you you know you get out and you kind of see civilian people kind of walking around with their head in the clouds going you know la di da puppies and kitties terrorists will never attack my town nothing bad will ever happen and if it does my government will come in and save me because that's how I've always been taught and pictured and and you know we have freedoms and all this stuff we're not oppressed like other countries and you know and it's it's all a big sham guys I mean you know the government's not gonna be taking care of you if you know even retirement wise I don't even plan on those guys helping one bit so you know that's one thing that you know you, you guys can really look into is how do I become 100% self-sustainable and so this kind of leads me into another subject that I would like to really, really get into as another show on itself. And that would be creating yourself, okay, the words like militia, things like that, they, they're a huge turnoff to some people. So we'll just say group, okay? And in your survival group, you know, you're going to need people. You, you can't just do all this with like, you and your wife and your two kids it's just not going to happen i mean it's just extremely under manpower so you need to form groups of i would say anywhere from 15 to 20 people all right because not all the people are going to be combat oriented not all the people are going to be work oriented they're going to be doing other stuff maybe you got a guy that he can't grow a cactus and but he's a doctor or he's a you know he's highly trained in the medical field so you know those are the type of people you want to try and recruit into your group and if you don't really have if you're just kind of like a lone wolf right now and you're sitting out there and you're going all right you know I would love to get a group together but anybody that I kind of talk to I get the feeling that they're gonna think I'm a weirdo that they're gonna just laugh at me I'm gonna feel stupid talking to them Maybe you're not good at talking with people about your ideas. So, 
in that case, what you could do is, you know, find that neighbor, find the friend that you're, you know, that you have and just kind of explain to them, hey, look, if it's, you know, something bad happened, you know, then I would like to grow this and maybe you can grow this, you know, to lighten our loads or, you know, you, you know, you know what I mean? Like you can just kind of ease your way into forming a group and a group is just the only way people are going to survive. And, you know, if any of you guys out there are watching The Walking Dead, you know, whenever there were just one or two people walking along, I mean, eventually you run into a, a horde of people, zombies. And, I mean, that those things are like moving at the speed of snail, and they're still killing people. So, you know, what, what do you think is going to happen if, uh, you know, you and your little family is walking along and there's a, a group of 40 scumbags that are just out busting windows out of places and just robbing and looting. You know, you definitely need to have a game plan. You definitely need to have some good friends. And all in all, you know, even if crap went down and you had all your, you know, your people and they just had no basic knowledge of any of this stuff, I'm sure that whenever this shit hits the fan that they're going to be really, really motivated to learn pretty quick too so no worries there you'll have plenty of team members to form then but my whole point is i'd like to form team members now where you could actually train them to not be a complete total retard and not have to be dealing with cold no power you know no gasoline things like this and trying to survive and train people to survive all right i mean that's just not a good mix but you're going to run into that. You're going to have to absorb some of these people. And if they're a complete total retard that's going to drag the, the whole group down, toss them. You know what I mean? Self-preservation at that point. But, you know, do the do the kind thing and just, you know, try and help as many people as you can. But those ones that are unhelpable, hey, they're going to die eventually anyway. Toss them. But, uh, so anyway, <laughs> not to get off on that tangent, but that's going to be one of my... Um, near future shows possibly here is forming groups, forming mini militias, I guess we could call them. But, uh, so anyway, get yourself some seeds, really good deal. Check out survival box, phenomenal company. And, uh, until next time I do a show guys, appreciate all the support, appreciate all the downloads, the sharing, the inputs. And, uh, yeah, I didn't really have any uh, comments to read or emails to read on this one. So they kind of slowed down holidays i guess but all right guys well appreciate all the support again and semper fi